So our first reading was from Paul's letter to the, or first letter to the church in Thessalonica. Say that quick. And uh, our second reading this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew. Near the end of that gospel, it is a parable of Jesus, as he so likes to use. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten young bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Now five of them were wise, and the other five were foolish. The foolish ones took their lamps, but didn't bring oil for them. The wise ones took their lamps and also brought containers of oil. When the groom was late in coming, they all became drowsy and went to sleep. But at midnight there was a cry, Look, the groom, come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. But the foolish bridesmaids said to the wise ones, Give us some of your oil, because our lamps have gone out. But the wise bridesmaid replied, No, because if we share with you, there won't be enough for our lamps and yours. We have a better idea. You go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. While they were gone to buy oil, the groom came. Those who were ready went with him into the wedding. Then the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. Therefore, keep alert, because you don't know the day or the hour. The word of God for the people of God. Yeah, we'll get into this a little later, but this is one of those scriptures that makes you go, ugh. So a little message with our little ones today who were with us online. Unless Jimmy wants to come up to join me. So today's scripture lesson is story Jesus told about young women. Five were foolish and five were wise. They were waiting for this, the groom to arrive for a wedding. Now we don't know much about lamps today. We don't have little oil-operated lamps we carry around for our lights. So we use something, you know, let me kind of retell it with something that we're, you may you may be familiar with, right? So here's how this retelling goes. One night, there was a very important person in the town who was going to have a late-night party. The party would be a large on a large piece of land, and all the way at the back of the property sat a huge mansion. Party, there'd be lots of delicious food and great music and dancing. At the end of the party, everyone would be welcome to stay in the house for as long as they wanted. Everyone was given different directions and told to write them down. They were told to be sure to have their phones fully charged, just in case they needed help with maps, in case they needed directions how to get there, or in case they needed to see in the dark. This is what most of us use now, right? I mean, how many of us, when we need a flashlight, turn on our phones, right? I mean, it was a long driveway, so you needed it. So watch and wait, he said. You don't know when I'm going to come, so be ready. Well, there were guests who were waiting. They were waiting, you know, at the gate, waiting to be let in to the, to the event. And some were on their phones, looking at stuff. Some were checking Facebook. Some were being more smart and weren't doing any of that. And, and they actually brought their chargers and were keeping them up to date with the, with the power at the, at the gate. So it was getting close to the time that people thought maybe the party was happening. Who knows? The folks that had let their batteries die went to go find some people to see if they could charge them real quick. While they were gone, the host of the party came and let everybody in. And so the ones who'd gone to go charge their phones missed the opening of the gate 
to attend the party. Stories about being ready. Being ready to shine the light of Jesus' love for the world to see, no matter what time, no matter what location. Jesus tries to tell the story using the lamps to remind us how important it is to shine his light. A couple weeks ago at our, for Our Lady Sunday, we used this the light of mine. Right? That was one of the hymns we sung. And that's, that's a great story about this very thing, about you letting our lights shine before others. So, so in the words of that song, that's going to be our, our prayer kind of to end our time here. So let's pray. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine over the whole wide world. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine over the whole wide world. Let it shine. Amen. All right, so we know from Jesus' stories and Jesus' life that he liked weddings, right? His first miracle was at a wedding. And he used the image of weddings and the wedding party and the wedding feast for talking about the, the kingdom of God often. I mean, he spoke about all kinds of parties and feasts, but especially weddings. Because there's something different about a wedding. There's this a binding, there's this connecting, there's this covenant, there's this vow, right? It's not just a party, it's more. And what better description of that for a new world, huh? A new life. This vow followed by a party of inclusion. Now, of all the images Jesus uses to grab hold of the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, which is what Matthew prefers to talk about, in Matthew's Gospel, at least, this is the only one where the future tense is used. Usually, it's the kingdom, of, the kingdom will be like this, right? So this case is, it will, be, it will be like this. Well, aren't the others future-oriented too? Well, kind of, sort of, but this is a little different. This is unique. I think if we recognize the future tense of this, it helps us a little bit with this understanding. But you ever wondered sometimes, I mean, when you read Jesus' stories and parables, sometimes you wonder if he's doing it to confuse us. Everybody ever been confused by reading a parable? You're like, what in the world was that all about? We would much rather somebody hand us a neatly wrapped package saying, this is, here you go, this is what you need to do. Right? That's our preference. Just tell me what to do. Anybody, anybody ever said those words to anybody? Just tell me what you want. Jeez, Right? That's not what Jesus does in parables. They're not neatly wrapped up. They're coded and disguised a little bit. They're to make us think, I guess, right? But they work better when you understand the context of what he's talking about. So weddings and lamps and oil and what in the world is all this about? So there's a common practice in a wedding ceremony in the time of Jesus where bridesmaids would leave the bride at night to go meet the groom. They would accompany the groom, whenever he decided to show up, back to the bride's house. They would then travel back to the groom's father's house for the ceremony and the festivities that could then last up to a week. That's a party, right? Holy cow. And, you know, most of the folks in the village would attend these festivities. So with those considerations, you realize how important it is for these bridesmaids to have their lamps ready. I mean, if you didn't, you risk public shame, and I mean, it's just not good. So that gives a little context of the story. So this is a common way that weddings happened. So then Jesus, in this telling, though, talks about wise and foolish. 
Why that designation? Because other places like Acts 2, where it talks about the early church, it talks about everybody sharing everything they have. That's the nature of the church. So wise, foolish, aren't we supposed to share? I mean, is it okay to call the ones who don't share? <laughs> I mean, what? Well, every metaphor has its limits, you see. You can take things way too far in any direction. But in this case, I think when you go back to the Sermon on the Mount, the other end of the gospel, it says, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine before others so that they may see your light and give glory to your Father in heaven. The light, not just an object of illumination. It represents a life of service and sacrifice. It represents a life transformed by the life of Jesus, by the faith in Jesus, by the grace of God. See, the wise, the wise bridesmaid lived a life of preparing for that bridegroom. Foolish ones thought it didn't matter until the last minute. When he finally arrives, they have nothing to show that they belong to him, nothing to shine in a way of living and giving and caring and hoping. And he says, I don't know. Now remember that this particular teaching with Jesus is not for everyone like the Sermon on the Mount was. This is insider teaching to those who followed. It's a reminder. And so, you know, this little light of mine, right? That song's written about kind of this, this idea there's a, a spiritual that I know our choir has sung, uh, Keep Your Lamps Trimmed and Burning. We've done that one, right? Um, it's a spiritual based upon this very passage. And we don't know exactly where it came from, uh, as with most spirituals, but the words are interesting. Um, so keep your lamps trimmed and burning, keep your lamps trimmed and burning, keep your lamps trimmed and burning. And the last line, um, one of the older versions says, see what the Lord has done which gives you an idea of, of looking around and seeing what the Lord is doing today. The um, version that we sang with choir was a little different. Uh, that last line was, let's see, uh, the time is drawing nigh. I had to run through it, sorry. It's the time is drawing nigh. Um, one of the, there's reports of this being sung in fields of people doing work, uh, and, and that the last line was, for the work is almost done. So these all point to, kind of looking around, but also this work that we need to do. Keep your lamps trimmed and burning so that we can lay down the work because the bridegroom has come. See, there are signs that you're paying attention. It's for those who said yes, yes to following Jesus. Yes, because they're following and living a life that is yes-worthy. See, the wives of bridesmaids didn't, show, didn't share their oil because they can't. You can't share acts of love. I can't give you my act for you, right? You have to do that. Each has to participate. Each has to do according to the grace given, to the gifts received. You can't grab onto the coattails of someone else to have your light still work. That's not how it works. And we can share, certainly. We can teach. We can mentor. We can do all the things together because together we are better than any one of us is alone. But in the end, we have to trim our lamps. We have to burn our own oil. That's the work, the work that's almost done. That's the work that shows who it is we follow. So how do we be a witness to the world around us? How do we keep that light burning, right? Well, today is also Heritage Sunday. It's a day that we celebrate the original charter of our church, dating back to, anybody remember the year? 
1792. That's the original deed um, for the property of the church out on Goods Ferry Road. And if you want it, that book, is, it is in, the, uh, in, in Boydton at the county courthouse. It is in deed book number 8, page 310, if you want to look it up. <laughs> the 1792 is, the, is, is that date that we use, November, um, November 9th. That's why we choose the second Sunday in November. Now, there is evidence that there was a worshiping community a little before that, maybe as early as 1784. But we know where that church is out there on Goods Ferry, I guess that way, right? That property held four annual conferences, 1785, 1798, 1802, and 1804. Francis Asbury at, presided at all four of those annual conferences. And he said, this is a quote, that, that church was the best house we have in the country part of Virginia. How about that for a heritage? Now, another congregation was organized around 1811, and that worshiped at the Old South Hill Academy until the Civil War. So in 1870, those two churches decided to come together and build a new church. That was built on South Hill Avenue, where the former, um, the former Lincoln Hotel now stands. That's where the church was. The materials for that church were used from the South Hill Academy. The material, um, the material from the old church out on the Goods Ferry Road was also supposed to be used in that merger. However, the night before that was supposed to be done, it burned down. See, trials, right? Things don't always go the way that you want them to go. And of course, there were some who didn't want to merge together. That's always, a, that's always problematic. And, and started their own church, which then didn't last very long. But so this church, the chapel, right? We celebrated the big deal last year. It was 1919, 100 years. So that church, do you remember what else was going on in 1919? Just finished World War I, right? That was in the middle of the Spanish flu. Another global pandemic. By the way, that's the only other time that churches in Europe stopped meeting in 2,000 years of Christian history was during the Spanish flu and then during COVID, right? So we have these two events in history where churches stopped meeting. 1919 was the year where you see people with, you know, at baseball games wearing masks. We've been through this before. We've done this. But what foresight to build a building in the middle of that? See, the heritage is being a place for the community. That's been the heritage. We've done that. Done unlikely things. You know, building in the, middle, building in the pandemic. That's nuts. But it was done because it needed to be done to create a place for the community. You know, since then, we've built two more additions, right? We have the Sunday School Wing, and we have this worship space that we are in today. And we've, funny, during a pandemic, we have made some other modifications to our facilities so that we are better equipped to be in the community and for the community. So that's part of our heritage. That, I think, is part of our keeping our lamps ready. We are using the gifts we have to be ready for what's coming even though we have no idea when, or in this case, maybe even what, that will be. So when the Lord says, I'm here, let's do something, we're ready. That's a pretty cool heritage. It's one that we can all be very proud of. And I do look forward to seeing what, what that's going to mean in the future. You know, how, how this manifestation of us keeping our lamps trimmed, our oil full, 
see what that turns into. So I thank each one of us, all that have been, you know, whether you're here, whether you're watching us virtually, it doesn't really matter. We're together in worship because it's important and we can get refilled and we can, we can be ready to be for the world around us who God needs us to be. So for us today, we listen for this shout at midnight when we recognize Christ among us. So I urge each one of us to keep our lamps trimmed and burning because the time is nigh, the, world, the work is almost done. God is here. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, we trust that you were at work reconciling the world to yourself, even now, and even when we may not see it. Give us the eyes of faith to see and continue empowering us to be prepared to be your witnesses to all we encounter today, tomorrow, next week, and the next century. Amen.